Welcome to New Piney Grove Baptist Church, where one of our core values is Christian education. Let's tune in to this week's message. Mountains of low self-worth. He moved those mountains out of the way. And I tell him thank you every day. The God that we serve, he is mighty, he is awesome. He is wonderful. Pluck me out the muck and the miry clay. Got a good wife, don't deserve it. Thank you, Lord. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you, Lord. We magnify you, we glorify you, Lord. You are worthy to be praised, Lord. Lord, we ask you to just have your way today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. It's above me now. It's above. Me now. Jeff, you'll help me out. My wife sent me a picture of this t shirt. And as you can see, it shows a caption of the statement It is above me now. A couple of weeks ago, a couple of months ago, there was a video that went viral of a hotel clerk denying service to a woman who called him a racial slur. She said, Sir, I had a bad day. And I'm sorry for what I said. I really need a room. And he responded, I'm sorry that you called me what you called me. But it's above me now. This is the short version. <clears throat> but he also said there is a Best Western next door. In his eyes, it's above me now means I'm not dealing with this anymore. So I'm making an executive decision of not dealing with it anymore. But the shirt on the screen takes us, takes us out the formula and put the Lord in. The shirt reads, it's above me now. I have taken this action to put this or put it in the Lord's hands. I don't know whom or why they made this particular shirt, but they got it right. See, I don't know what their it was or it is. And if you was wearing the shirt, I don't know what your it may be. But whatever it is, it is above us now. We are putting it in the Lord's hands. Lord, you handle it. It may be a co-worker getting on your nerves. It may be a wayward child or a wayward grandchild. It may, be, it may be a child not doing what they're supposed to be doing in school, cutting up, talking back, playing in the bathroom. It's above me now. It may be a loved one that's locked up. It may be bills stacking up. It may be a loved one that'll walk right past you and won't say anything to you. It may be a wayward husband or a wayward wife. It may be algebra. It may be math. It may be social studies. It may be science. For my college students, it may be accounting. It may be biology. 
It may be business management. I don't know what it is in your life. It may be timetables. It may be division. It may be peer pressure. It may be adult pressure. It may be bullying. I don't know what it is, but I know the one who has the power to make it right. Many times we hear this term, it's above me now. In situations where someone doesn't have the authority to make a decision or they have to get someone in the boat with them in order to make the decision. Let's start right there for a second. I don't have, I don't or didn't have the authority to wake myself up this morning. My iPhone didn't do it. My wife didn't do it when she shook me this morning. It was only by God's grace and mercy are we standing here today. Let's give another example. For instance, if you are at Kroger and they are running a deal, buy five, save five. You want five boxes of, let's say, Capri Suns for $1.99. You wanted five boxes. You would have bought five boxes if they had them. But none of the other flavors appeal to our son Maurice. I'm sorry, your kids. So when you in line, you ask the cashier, hey, can I get these for $1.90 line? He or she responds, in order to get that price, you have to buy five. Save five. But you only have four items. I would have bought five, but you only have four. Can you do it? Well, the cashier may say, respond, let me call the manager. See, discounting those juices is above my pay grade. It's above me now. I got to get some with higher authority in order to get in the boat to give you that discount. Christians, we get into tough situations when we have to place our issues in the Lord's hand. See, there are some times in our lives where we have to tell others it's above me now. And I'm not talking about discounts at Kroger's. I'm talking about times in our lives when we, when we come across or encounter situations that we can't handle. So instead of making a mess of things, we need some help. Help on our serving. Help on power. No, no. Help on my job. Help in the stoplight. Help in college. Help in middle school. Help in elementary school. Help in high school. We need help. Aren't you glad that there is someone above us? And I'm not talking about a manager or a CEO. I'm talking about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the righteous, who is above all and who sees all. So when I say or we say it's above us now, then there is a problem when Jesus gets involved in our situation. See, we have to come to the conclusion that we can't do everything. Some things are just above our head. There are some some situations that we can't get out of. And that's when we... As we look at, and, and that's what we're going to look at, as we look at chapter 24 of 1 Samuel, we find David hiding out in a cave running from King Saul. Just a little background, Saul was jealous of David. Saul was uh, rejected as king. The women was crying out, Saul killed his thousands, and David killed his ten thousands. Saul was rejected because of disobedience. And he had some issues with the new anointed king. So as we pick up at chapter 24, we find King Saul getting some information that David was hiding out in Njedi. So he assembled 3,000 of his best troops to find King David. 
So while on his journey, Saul had to use the bathroom, and he entered into the same cave that David and his crew was hiding out in. So we firstly have to be careful who is whispering in our ear. Verse 4 tells us, now is your opportunity. David men whispered to him. The Lord is telling you today, I will certainly put your enemy's power, enemy into your power to do as you wish. So David crept forward and cut off a piece of the hem of Saul's robe. Who is whispering in your ear? Are your friends whispering stuff in your ear? Cheat on that test. Sneak out the house. Let's skip school today. You don't have to do what your parents say. Tell, tell your parents that you're going to the Central and Southwest game, but you're coming to my house. Who is whispering in your ear? Young ladies, what young man is whispering in your ear? You look good in that dress. Let's skip school today and hang out in the mall. I remember when I was growing up, my, my buddies wanted to skip school. And um, I just told them no. I said, if we're going to skip school, let's go skip school in your neighborhood. <laughs> See, we, we stay on different sides of town. So y'all want to skip school in my neighborhood where everybody know me. But I'll skip school with you if we go in your neighborhood where don't nobody know me. They weren't having that. You telling your mom or your, or, your, or your dad or your grandma or grandpa, I'm staying out the school for tutoring, knowing you meeting up with some knucklehead. Who is whispering in your ear? For my older people, who's whispering? What's up for tonight? My husband going out of town. My wife going out of town. Come through. Adults, who whispering in your ear? Or who is the ear are you whispering in? I know how to get over on your SNAP benefits. I can get you $100 in groceries. Just give me $50 in cash. Who's whispering in your ear? You could claim my kids on your taxes. Just give me a cut. Who is whispering in your ear? So the scripture tells us that his friends whispered in, his, in David's ear. Here's your opportunity. Saul trying to kill you. Here's your opportunity to do as you please with him. So David cut the hem of Saul's garment. Verses 5 through 7 tell us, but when David's conscience began bothering him because he had cut Saul's robe, not that he killed Saul, but that he just cut his robe, even though we might look at this as small, we see that David had a conscience, that he was sorrowful for touching God's anointed king. Verse 6 states that he said to his men, the Lord, the Lord forbid that I should do this to my Lord the king. I shouldn't attack the king's anointed one, for the Lord himself had chosen him. So David restrained his men and did not let them kill Saul. After the whisper, there was a consequence. When your parents find out about you skipping school, 
after your parents find out about you cutting up in school. Oh, it was cool when you was class clowning. But when the teacher called home, or when the teacher say, I'm going to call your mom, you nervous every time the phone rang. After you get caught sneaking out the house, after you get caught skipping school, see, the whisper sounded good. The whisper told you what you wanted to hear. My wife going to be out of town. Come through. I done told y'all a lot of stuff about me. But I don't know if I told y'all this. <laughs> I remember, um, I remember uh, me and um, a, a, a girl I was dating, um, we got caught. At my, at my grandmama's house. And my grandmama told me, she said, you know the reason why you got caught? She said, because it was cold in the church and I wanted to leave home early. She was supposed to be in church from two to four. I had it all planned out. She was going to be at church from two to four, but she ended up coming home at three o'clock. I got in trouble because of a whisper that I caused. Keep that in mind, young people. If you got a praying mama, a praying grandmama, a praying daddy, your sins will find you out. I still think about that. That was bad. Secondly, we find a in the chapter. Um, secondly, we find the character of the future king. Despite David's faults, he had character. Character can be defined as a mental or moral quality distinctive to an individual. Verse nine states, "Then David shouted to Saul, Why do you listen to the people who say I am trying to harm you? This very day, you can see with your own eyes it isn't true. For the Lord placed you at my mercy back there in the cave." So some of my men even told me to kill you, but I spared you. For I said, I will never harm the king. He is the Lord's anointed one. Look, my father, at what I have in my hand. It is a piece of the hem of your robe. I cut it off, but I didn't kill you. This proves that I am not trying to harm you, that I have not sinned against you, even though you have been hunting for me to kill me. David didn't repay evil for evil. He repaid evil for good. David had the opportunity to get revenge on someone that was trying to kill him. When someone talks about us, how do we respond? How do we respond when we walk into Walmart and the greeter doesn't greet you? How do you respond when you walk into Olive Garden and they look as if you don't supposed to be here? Or if they don't respond to you, <clears throat> or, if they keep, or if they don't respond to you while you're walking around dealers? How do you respond at Hotels.com cancel your hotel reservation? How do you respond if the person cut you off on 75 when you're trying to merge on to 75? How do you respond when the church member walk past you during church fellowship? They laughing at everyone else, but when they see you, they rolling their eyes. How do, we do, how do we respond? See, David handled himself in a humble manner. 
He called out Saul and bowed low. Look, Saul, why are you listening to these people saying, I want to kill you? And if I did, I had the opportunity to do. Look what I have. I got a piece of your shirt in my hand. My homies wanted me to kill you, but I didn't. I couldn't have it. I couldn't do it. This was big on David's behalf. As Christians, we have to set the bar high. We can't be at school cussing out our classmates. Young people, you can't be at school giving your teachers a hard time. There goes such and such. Not doing your homework. You the class clown. What type of examples are you set? You the class clown, but you a new pine girl taking up the offer. What type of example are you set? Talking back to your parents. Let's switch to the adults. Adults, are you talking back to your to your boss? I ain't doing nothing today, boss. You got me messed up thinking I'm going to clean the bathroom. Do you come to work two hours late and bring donuts and hope they won't notice? Do you call in at least two times a week? Then you say, boss, I'm preaching next Sunday. You want to come? Your boss thinking, no, you don't set a good example at work. Y'all quiet on me. I know this you, Sunday, but as adults, we got to set good examples. The world is watching. The world is watching. So in David's situation, we see that he had a relationship with God, even though David never said, it's above me now. How he handled himself while friends was whispering in his ear. How he had the confidence to reach out to someone whom he knew was trying to kill him. We can conclude that in order to handle ourselves with wisdom in our situations, it has to be above us now. So we firstly saw someone whispering in David's ear. Secondly, we saw the character of the king. So lastly, we get to the point that it is above us now when we see our haters congratulating us. Can we say that Saul was a hater? A hater can be defined as a person, a person who greatly disliked a specific person or thing. Saul greatly disliked David. On many occasions, he sent messengers to kill David. He even threw a spear at David. I don't know how God does it. I sometimes don't understand it, but I've seen God move on the hearts of haters in miraculous ways. That same person that hated your guts came and apologized for all the wrong that they did towards you, the lies that they told on you, the things that they did. They slandered your name at the job. They slandered your name at the church, and everyone expected you to respond a certain way. Friends whispered in your ear to curse that joker out. Here's your chance. He's alone. She's alone. Let's jump him for all the wrong that they did towards you. But God had another plan. Because instead of you handling the situation the way you wanted to, you came to the conclusion, it's above me now. 
When you didn't get the promotion and instead of quitting, you said it's above me now. And it didn't take long for management to see that the promotion should have been yours in the first place. See, David had the opportunity to kill Saul in the cave. He had his homies whispering in his ear, but it was another voice that was speaking to him. See, when David cut Saul's garment, something down on the inside of him didn't set right. Something down on the inside of you shouldn't allow you to cuss out your co-workers. Something down on the inside of you shouldn't allow you to be fighting over a parking spot. Something down, down on the inside of you will let, will, will, will let your haters tell you it's above me now. I'm not responding when they talking about me. If they don't speak to me, I'm not responding. I'm not responding when they laugh in my face and talk behind my back. Young people, if your friends are upset because you don't want to get caught up in mischief, mischief, it's above you now. See, the, see, Saul had the op- see, David had the opportunity to take Saul out, to kill Saul, but David's character, his relationship with God wouldn't allow that to take place. In verse 17, we find the reward, the congratulations. And Saul said to David, you are a better man than I am. For you have repaid me good for evil. Yes, you have been amazingly kind to me today. For when the Lord put me in a place where you could have killed me, you didn't do it. Who else would let the enemy get away with this when they had him in his power? May the Lord reward you well for the kindness you have shown me today. Self-check. When it comes to your haters, your enemies talking about you on your job or even in the church, you see them walking on Mercy University. Will you pick them up? Mm. Their car get declined while on lunch. Will you say, I got you? How do we respond to those that despitefully mistreat us, that use us? See, when we get into that mindset, it's above us now, and take us out there out the equation there is a reward for our obedience there is a there is a reward for doing the will of the Lord your classmates getting on your nerves kids messing with you because you don't have the latest you don't fit in because you are actually doing your homework you actually want to learn when the period when the pressures of peers weigh you down you have to, to get to the point you have to come to the conclusion that it's above me now and you will see the haters respond. I apologize for all the wrong that I put you through. I responded to you in evil, but your response was good. I responded negatively to you, but you responded positively. See, it ain't me. It's the God in me that will cause me to shout hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. It's something down on the inside of me that will allow me to get, to get up and see when you realize that you know that it's, above, that, it, that it's above us now. So when folk lie, it's above us now. Our great reward will come when the Lord say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> on Wednesday night, 
Wednesday night, I lost my phone, and it was a sad, a sad moment. I lost my phone, and I remember one of the boys had it, and I remember that they had put it on a little TV tray, and, um, and I remember it going dead. But after that, I lost it, and the phone was dead, so I just couldn't call it to figure out where it was. And it was very hard to find. After searching for it for a number of hours, I went to bed and came to this conclusion. I'm going to sleep, and I'll find it in the morning. I gave up all hope. The next morning, I came to this conclusion that it's above me now. Now I have to go to the one who knows everything, the one who is above me. Lord, help me find my phone. I looked in between the sofa. I had to grab my wife's phone so I can get a flashlight. And I saw it in between the cushions. I found it, but my hand was too big to get in there. My wife loved doing little crafts, so I was able to grab a little craft stick. And after many tries, I got it. I don't know who this is for. I don't know who this is for. But aren't you glad that God didn't give up on you when you was in a lost state? See, God knew the tools that, that I needed to get my lost phone, to get my lost phone. God is going to provide you the tools that you need to get through each situation that you come up against. See, aren't you glad that God didn't leave you in the club? God didn't leave you in a fornicator state? That God didn't leave you in that adulterous relationship? You was lost in the liquor store. You were lost in the crack house. You was lost in the porno store. But God didn't give up on you. Thank you, Lord. Some friends, even church members said, might have said, she too far gone. Or he too far gone. Parents don't give up on your kids. Grandparents don't give up on your kids. I remember talking to one of, one of, our, one of our church members. Uh, that was He, he went here uh, when I first started coming to uh, New Pine Grove. And he said, man, the, the teaching that y'all poured into us, it still applies to my life today. He said, even though I made mistakes, even though I, I went left and I should have went right, but I still remember those teachings that y'all taught us upstairs. So I just want to encourage all y'all teachers, don't give up. Don't never give up on these young people. Parents don't give up on these young people. Don't throw in the towel. Because you got to remember, we was messed up from the flow up, tore up from the flow up. See, I can imagine over 2,000 years ago, there was a need. There was a void. There was a need. There was a void. There was a need. There was a void. The void, that was, <laughs> the void was that we wasn't in the proper fellowship with God. We needed a Savior that was without spot or blemish. That Savior was Jesus Christ, the righteous, the one that sit high and look low. Before he took for rightful place, before he took for, before he took his rightful place at the right hand of God, he died a horrific death. On the hill, someplace called the skull, he carried an old rugged cross. And I can only imagine while he was carrying that old rugged cross, Jesus was saying, it's above me now. They can, they can cast all their cares on me. I'm taking sin, death, and the grave and nailing it to this old rugged cross. So it is above us now. Jesus is above us now. Now, aren't you glad about it? 
Aren't you glad about it? I'm glad about it this morning as you stand to your feet. It's above us now. We can cast all our cares in Jesus' hand. Thank you, Lord. We're going to give a, uh, we're going to read the screen when they pull it up. We're going to do our sinner's prayer together. Thank you, Lord. Lord Jesus, I believe in my heart that you are the Son of God, whom he raised from the dead. I confess that you died for my sin. Please have mercy on me and forgive me and come and live within me this day. As evangelism team take their places. We want to give those the opportunity that have not accepted this Jesus is Christ. How I find my the opportunity to accept him as Lord and Savior. This is how it's I find us my now. I'm tired of messing things up. I'm tired of getting things wrong. This is I'm tired how of going I find right my And the only way to do that is to let the Lord fight your battles. It may Thank look you, like I'm surrounded. Thanks for listening. We pray that you have been blessed by the message. Visit us on the web at npgbc.org for contact information, service times, or directions to our place of worship.